I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is award-winning author and psychiatrist, Carol Lieberman. Uh, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, there are good reasons for our country to open things up gradually and carefully keeping keep checking for the impact because many fear there will be more death and destruction from some of the fallout, like poverty, domestic violence, child abuse, and so on, than from co- coronavirus. The cure for some may be worse than the disease. As a board-certified Beverly Hills psychiatrist, Carol Lieberman shares insights on why Americans are reaching their breaking point and leaving home before social distancing orders have been lifted. When Dr. Carol isn't seeing patients or testifying at trials as a forensic psychiatrist and an expert witness, she's working as a three-time Emmy-honored TV personality who's appeared on Oprah, The Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, and more. She's also served on the clinical faculty of UCLA's Neuropsychiatric Institute. Welcome to the show, Carol. Nice to have you here. Thank you so much. And I guess I better add that you also have a show on Voice America as well. Uh, yes, as I said. the variety channel yeah, I of I, uh, Voice America, Dr. Carol's reckon, Couch. Dr. Carol's Couch. I did recognize the name, as I said before we got on the air. Okay, we're in pretty stressful times. Obviously, we need a psychiatrist. Uh, I had a psychologist on before you. Now we're you're the psychiatrist. Uh, boy, there is a lot of fallout from the pandemic, uh, not just the physical, but obviously mental. So let's start talking about why why, and what's happening and how bad do you think it's going to be? and Or is it, it getting? I mean, people are really, really stressed out. And um, people are also feeling, and I think I mentioned this before to my first guest, they feel like they're being told one thing one minute, told something another minute. They don't know what to do. They're, you know, the FDA, I think the FDA will say, you know, one thing and wash your, you have to wash all the packaging in your food and then tell us we don't have to do it. There's just so much information, misinformation. We, Yeah, how do we sort that out? And that does have a real impact on our psyche. Yes, you know, the biggest problem with, um, the pandemic and how we've been handling it is that everyone, you know, by everyone, I mean authorities, like so-called authorities, like, uh, like Dr. Fauci and so on. Um, everybody's paying attention to the specific actions, like, you know, making us go into our little holes, like we're little mice. Um, nobody is paying attention to the psychological aspects of it. And the fact that, Isolation and loneliness uh, in itself, you know, there were studies before coronavirus just on isolation and just on loneliness, and it was found that those things, uh, those conditions in themselves caused lots of psychological and physical problems, physical problems like heart attacks and strokes and uh, psychological problems like anxiety and depression and suicide and, and PTSD, and um, so, it, you know, but, but we were told just without any thought, it, it really just boggles my mind sometimes, you know, to hear these mayors and governors without any, they never took Psych 101, I'll tell you that. And so without any thought, they just tell us to uh, stay inside, you know, for some uh, endless period. And it really is having a tremendous impact, um, you know, because on top of the isolation and the loneliness, 
There, of course, is the fear of coronavirus, the fear of getting it. And the number one problem is the media. Uh, 24 people are not only staying inside, but they are watching television. They're, they're having problems sleeping, and so they wake up and then they turn on the television. The message from the media from the be- very beginning has been, you're all going to die. And that added to um, the isolation and so on uh, has been really dangerous. And a lot of people that are getting sick, um, you know, what it's doing is decreasing our resistance to coronavirus. The stress is making our immune systems weakened and so on. And so it's really a lot more people are getting sick because of our weakened immune system, because of these restrictions, than otherwise would have. But Carol, I want to ask you, I think one of the things that bothers me the most and that I see in friends and, and other people and colleagues is this, as you say, you're talking about the media, misinformation or changing the information about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. That causes a lot of anxiety, I think, and a lot of stress. And you know, what we're supposed to be doing from day to day. I mean, I gave the example of uh, washing down the packaging on your food, but there are so many other kinds of things like two, you need two weeks in isolation or two weeks to, you know, if you've seen, if you've been exposed, you don't want to expose anybody else. It's 14 days before you'll, you'll get sick at the maximum. Then they add another three weeks and another four weeks. And, and so it's this kind of back and forth with the information. Yeah. That's right. A lot of things and six feet and 13 feet and the virus lasts for this long. And then it lasts for that long. And you mentioned the food. Yes. It has been just one (laughs) mishmash after another as to what we're supposed to do. And so that's what gaslighting is. Um, Typically, the word gaslighting is used for couples when um, there was a movie by that name about a man who was gaslighting his wife by telling her one thing and, you know, making her feel like she's going crazy. And so we are being, have been um, for a long time now, we are being gaslit. If, if we're, but okay, so we are, and you you know describing the circumstances. But how do we mitigate that? What do we do? I guess what's the answer to that, uh, or is there an answer, or are there ways we can protect ourselves emotionally in a positive way? Well, you know, one thing, of course, is uh, is watching less, or not not only watching less television, but just being exposed to less media in general. We don't need to keep uh, finding out how many more people died. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a barrage of numbers. And, and, of course, a lot of the numbers are erroneous because doctors are being asked to call uh, deaths as being due to coronavirus rather than due to a heart attack. For example, if a person has a heart attack and they test positive for COVID, then they're supposed to say that it's COVID. I mean, all of these numbers. And then numbers comparing lethality in the U.S. to lethality in China and then in Italy and so on. We're getting, we're going, getting wrong numbers as well. Um, so all of that is adding to it. We just have to, you know, the main thing that I tell people to do is to change your attitude as far as this uh, time period. Um, we'll get to revolting in a minute, but, but for, for while we're in our little rat holes, um, we need to change our attitude, and instead of thinking every day when we wake up, oh, woe is me, another day in solitary, 
um, we need to think of this as the time that is a gift because I don't know about you, but um, when, when we're not in lockdown, I'm running around from one, uh, from work to all different kinds of obligations and, and things that I want to do and, and just running around. And thinking to myself, oh, I wish I had time to read that book, or I wish I had time to call that old friend, or, you know, different things that you might have, or to walk on the beach. <laughs> um, and then, so this is really time for when we can do all these things. As far as walking on the beach, we have to have six, six feet, or in some places we're not allowed to walk on the beach, but putting that aside, we need to look at this as a gift for a time to do things that we have, that we always say, oh, we're going to get to. And that's sort of the biggest way to um, change our attitude about it. Now, that's putting aside the whole question of whether you want to uh, not be a good little mouse or <laughs> rat and actually, um, you know, go out where maybe you're not supposed to go out, like at a park or something. I mean, I'm not, I don't tell people to stay in their little mouse hole because... Um, because, of course, the biggest worry, and this isn't necessarily psychological, but um, from the point of view of what is happening to the U.S., uh, it's very scary what, is, what could be happening. It's very scary how we could be giving up our liberties and how easy it was for mayors and governors to tell us to go to stay in our homes, to tell us not to go to work, to make us lose our jobs or our businesses. And I think um, people are, have come to their breaking point. They are flaunting these rules now. Um, not everybody, obviously, but more and more people are. And um, I must say that um, I can't, you know, in a way, part of me feels that um, I'm glad that people are acting out and showing the authorities <laughs> that um, we're, we're not going to give up our freedoms this easily. We're not going to turn into George Orwell's 1984. Well, what about, it sounds almost as you're describing it, an all or nothing thing. Uh, I'm living in New York and uh, with Governor Cuomo, who seems to, to me to have a good picture of all of this in, in terms of you have to respect it's not just whether you go out or stay in. It's not just whether you start the economy or not start the economy. It's about society at large. It's about the whole thing. And it's about you can't have a physically sick society and have a booming economy. You've got to integrate all of it. And I think that that's obviously not all the governors are doing that or have the, or you know, as you say, some take draconian restrictions and others uh, are not restrictive enough, so it's it's really complex, isn't it? It's very complicated and based on and, and we've never experienced this kind of thing before. I mean, in terms of of um, well, just in terms of what we have, what what needs to be done to 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 get healthy, to be healthy, and also to say from an economic standpoint to be healthy as well. Um, I mean, what about maybe you can comment on this, like the people who went and voted. Uh, in um, where was it, Miss Wisconsin or Michigan? Um, and I guess fifty-four people then tested po- after doing that, became, uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. I mean, what do you do? Well, I think that everybody needs to make the decision for themselves. Yes, um, 
you know, not only if, if you do go into a place, I mean, I'm not saying that people should look to go to places where there are crowds, um, but, uh, but at the same, I mean, you are taking a risk for yourself, and if you live with other people, you know, you're taking a risk that you're going to pass on anything that you got to them, um, so you do have to think of other people, too. But, um, you know, but there are lots of things. I mean, here's the deal. Instead of, uh, we were talking about how there have been so many different uh, pieces of advice, contradictory pieces of advice. So the real thing is that instead of being so focused on trying to avoid running into a coronavirus, <laughs> the more, more important thing is to, what you can have control of, is yourself. How resistant you're going to be to any coronavirus you're going to come across. So that means um, decreasing stress, like I was talking about the media being incredibly stressful, decreasing stress um, by turning off media, not listening to 24-7 of it. Um, Other ways of decreasing stress, the typical things, you know, meditation, taking walks, um, getting, adopting a, a pet, um, listening to new age music or classical music, uh, things like that, all kinds of, you know, typical things that we hear about to decrease stress, but, but we often other times don't find time to do. Now we have time to do it. And um, in addition to that, the basics, you know, um, besides washing hands, of course, eating nutritious food, uh, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, taking vitamins, taking um, uh, echinacea tea, different kinds of immunity tea and immunity. There are gummies that are like um, airborne gummies, for example. Uh, There are lots of things that that people can do to build up their own immunity and the immunity of people in their family. And that is what is most important because it's, it's otherwise it's hard. Even if you do all the other things, you wear a mask and you stay six feet apart and you only go to places where it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, you still could, um, I mean, it would cut down the risk, but you still could get something unless you have made yourself as um, immune proof <laughs> as possible. Well, one of the things you just mentioned, uh, be creative about the kinds of things you do. And maybe we're, I mean, this is really a test for our creativity. Besides eating well, sleeping well, exercise in the context of what we're able to do, good advice, but also be creative about the things that maybe we haven't done before. Uh, Listening to, well, you mentioned listening to to, to music, listening, um, listen to different kinds of music, listen to music that you have never listened to before, I, you know, do those things that you can do just in your own, uh, you know, lockdown or in your house or sheltering in place or whatever it is, just do it differently. And I think one other thing that you sort of touched on is, I don't think Americans in general, because we are a free country, we're not used to limit to someone saying to us that we are limited. That's not a word that we like to hear. I mean, we might have to hear it. uh, But as I mentioned, we don't need not necessarily draconian restrictions, but limits. We have to set limits for ourselves, healthy limits. And I think that, you know, we like to do things the way we like to do them when we want to do them. We don't like to be told that we can't. So we have to, I think we have to sort of as, society think about that maybe you can comment on that but uh, limitations is not a word that, that as a culture that we like to to, to hear well that's right and you know we're not uh, idiots for the most part <laughs> um, 
And so if we are, if things are explained in a way that is, makes sense and is consistent and so on, where we can exercise the choice for ourselves to a large degree, then I think, I mean, that's, that's key. Um, it, we need, people need to feel as though they have more choice in this, more free choice. Uh, rather than being told, even if, you know, we would come to the same conclusions on our own if we were presented with um, correct evidence, but it's the being told that we have to limit our freedoms in this way that really doesn't sit well, and it shouldn't sit well, because that's not what our country was founded on. And, you know, this is going to be a time that when families and couples um, it's either going to be make or break it. <laughs> it's going to either make families closer or cause problems. And same thing with relationships. Um, this could be a time for families to play games with each other, um, you know, spend time helping kids with homework, um, doing reading to them, having them read to you. You can find, as you were saying, get creative. You can find all kinds of fun things to do. Um, it's also a time, though, like, you know, a lot of parents are saying that, uh, especially since there's no school and you have to, supposed to help homeschool, help kids with homeschool, which is very difficult for some parents. I mean, some parents are saying that their kids are driving them crazy uh, with all this time in the, at home together. But that just means that they aren't thinking of enough things just you know, you can put on music and all dance together. There's no, you know, there are tons of things that you can do. One thing that you shouldn't really be doing very much of is um, playing violent video games because that increases aggression. Um, but this could be looked on, you know, the, the dinner hour has been lost in so many families as everybody rushes to do whatever they want to do at that time. And that was the time when kids and parents used to sort of communicate and, um, and find out what was going on in school, what was going on, you know, was there anything bothering uh, the child, uh, and that has been lost in so many families. So this is a good time to reconnect with that. Yeah. And I think one of, and I think emphasizing that is important. I think uh, for what we, you know, our children, when we're teaching our children something, uh, you know, we're not supposed to be telling them, don't do this, don't do that. If you're going to say, don't do that, tell them what they can do. It's sort of the same kind of thing that we should be doing for ourselves. Give us an alternative that we can do because it's not all don't, don't, don't. Um, Right. Yeah. So I I think that is important. Um, One. Because so many, so often um, parents, uh, all this, they find out that their teenager is into alcohol or drugs and it's like a big surprise. I didn't know that he or she, um, you know, that things were bothering them. How did that, where did this come from, this addiction? Um, and so this is the time, in, and there isn't enough communication. In, a, in most families or many families, there isn't enough communication. Kids don't feel uh, invited to tell their parents how they're feeling. Uh, there, in, in fact, that relates to coronavirus, too, that it's so important to get your kids to talk about how they're feeling about all the things related to it. Are they afraid they're going to die? Are they afraid their parents or their grandparents are going to die? Are they afraid, uh, are kids bullying them online? All kinds of things. There's, there's no shortage of things to talk about. Yeah. 
Well, I remember it raised, I raised three boys and it was always, I always kind of yearned for that. You talk about being able to sit down to dinner. We always sat down to dinner, but I always felt that I was on this treadmill. They have to go to sports and music and, you know, and, and then at the same time, they're t- they, the uh, healthcare professionals, that we need to spend time with our children, relax. Well, there is no time to spend with them and relax if you, you know, especially by the time they're in seventh grade, you're figuring out what college they're going to go to. So, as you say, mm-hmm. that's all on hold. That's a good, that's, that's sort of, that's the good thing. You have time to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with your kids, with your family, with your significant other, um, and take advantage of it. And I, I think some people are doing that, and other people, it's more difficult for them to do, obviously. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and couples, you know, some couples are finding that uh, they're like looking at each other, you know, now that there's all Who this are time. you? <laughs> there's and, that too. Yes. <laughs> and they're kind of realizing that maybe they've run out of things to say or they don't really know this person anymore, as you just said, um, or they don't feel like they have anything in common anymore. And it's kind of bringing some couples to the breaking point. There's going to be... Um, there are going to be a lot of there are going to be a lot divorces. of babies and a lot of divorces yeah. after this, <laughs> which is very unfortunate. So people need to get into couples therapy um, when this is all over. Yeah, well, I think couples therapists are going to. I mean, it's going to be their, their offices. Are, I mean, their phones are going to be ringing off the hook. It's true because it sort mm-hmm. of peels. What is it? You know, peels the that onion. It's taking off the layers, and here you're sitting with this person. 24 hours a day. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, well, you're, are you going right. to be, are Especially, you one of those psychiatrists? Are you going to be sitting there with them? <laughs> I do couples <laughs> therapy amongst, uh, yeah. Um, you know, one of the, uh, it, it's it, it, when cu- some couples have gone along, along relatively merrily when they both work or one of them work, you know, when they don't have 24 seven with each other and, um, and then this, you know, this big this lockdown uh, just really kind of upsets the apple cart, you know, and they realize maybe, maybe they are. Like, because if there's something that bothers you about a person, some uh, habit that they have, but you're each going to work and you don't really, you're not with each other that many hours a day, you can sort of uh, get by with it. Well, but you don't have, we only have a minute, we have a minute left, but yeah, and because the distractions aren't there. It's easily, you can walk out of the house, you can distract yourself. You, you know, there are lots of distract. We don't have those. This is right. it. Right. So, so much, there is a lot to talk about with all of this. It's uh, really, I've enjoyed talking to you. Any website, well, that you want us to go to? Um, sure. Talking to psychiatrist um, Carol Lieberman. Yeah. Yes, sure. My main website or basic website is drcarol.com which is D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E.com. And then I am the terrorist therapist ever since 9-11. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred. I mean, I live in California now, but I, my, New York is still in me. And so after 9-11, your blood. Yep. <laughs> I, be, I, became, yes, I became the terrorist therapist. So that's the website, terroristtherapist.com. And I've written two books on terrorism, uh, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror is my 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and uh, well, that, that's, that, that's pretty much it. Just that's that, a lot. Just, yes. Know, <laughs> well, it, thanks so much for talking to us today. This was great. 
Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Carol. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 